you know, insurance carriers, they want persistency and they struggle with persistency because if you go to a provider and you get a balanced bill, you get upset and you don't under, you, you think that the plan's not operating the way it should. And so guess what? You drop the plan. Welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted, the show dedicated to innovation in the insurance industry. Each episode, you'll get a dose of thought leadership from the industry's top business minds, influencers, innovators, and executive leaders. If you want to transform your corner of the industry and exchange innovative ideas, you need to subscribe to this podcast. Now here's your host, Abel Travis. Hey everyone, welcome to the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast dedicated to insurance innovation. So today I'm excited to speak to Shane Foss. Now, Shane is the chief executive officer of Hooray Health, an unconventional health insurance or health organization focused on providing basic and urgent health care alternatives. Um, and those alternatives are focused on limited benefit health plans with a network of retail clinic and urgent care centers. Shane, it is a pleasure to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. Well, I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, hey, uh, I I always you know like to take the opportunity to for folks really to get to know you and and I know you've been doing a lot um, prior to starting this healthcare organization. So you know, Shane, if you don't mind, take a moment to discuss uh, your history and your background prior to Hooray Health. Sure. So um, you know, very humble beginnings in northern Minnesota. Had a great you know, middle-class family. And uh, I um, was the first person to go to college. Uh, I joined the military right out, uh, you know, after a couple years of college, not really knowing what I wanted to do. And so military was a great experience. And so I finished my degree in San Antonio, Texas, while I was in the military and and uh, got my, my uh, degree in a biology and minor in chemistry. And uh, just fell in love with healthcare. I was a I was a scrub tech in the military. So that what that person does is assist surgeons in in uh, surgery, and uh, it's just great experience. Love healthcare, and so from there I um, was working for J and J and medical device and on the orthopedic side, and then went to Stryker and uh, ran sales organizations for them, uh, and uh, little private equity background after I left Stryker, kind of rounding out my experience level, was able to, lucky enough to buy a medical device distributorship here in Dallas and turned it around and sold it. And then then I kind of changed my life. I got into, um, uh, on the health insurance side, it was uh, one of my best friends called me up and said, uh, hey, I just took over as CEO of this, this company and uh, I could really use your help trying to figure this out. And so uh, that was kind of my entry into health insurance. And it was a company that uh, basically provided surgical bundles for large self-funded employers. And I just saw this huge opportunity uh, for innovation in the health insurance space. And so we uh, we sold that company about 11 months after we got there and um, stayed on for six months and then uh, had this idea with uh, Hooray Health, where um, nobody was really focused on the little guy. And uh, there's this huge opportunity for innovation with, um, you know, with hourly employees and the part-time employees and, and small businesses. And so uh, kind of came up with the idea and, and uh, ran with it. And that was, uh, you know, that was two and a half years ago. 
Yeah, you know, I have to say, um, congrats. As, as I, you know, looked at what you all have been doing in the markets that you're serving, I think you all have been doing. You all have been doing a phenomenal job, right? Um, and it truly is an underserved market, I mean, in terms of where you all are targeting for Hooray. So, you know, Shane, if you don't mind, um, you know, talk to me more specifically about the core value proposition in terms of what you all are doing. Um, um, and then, you know, what are the pieces that makes up um, Hooray, you know, not only on the insurance side, but also there's this tangible physical piece um, in which you all engage uh, with um, a network of, of clinics and other care centers. So if you don't mind, you know, talk to me about some of the specifics around the uh, overall value proposition for Hooray Health. Sure. Our, our core value is that, um, we provide a an affordable uh, alternative to major medical. Um, you know, we don't compete against Blue Cross or United and those guys. We really compete against not having health insurance. And so, by being able to afford uh, your base to cover your basic needs, um, it's really you know it's the the it's a great opportunity for employers. And individuals to just get the basic needs uh, covered, and uh, you know when you look at our 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 uh, national provider network, what we've done that's really sets us apart is that we have fixed pricing across the United States. It's a twenty-five dollar copay for any service uh, provided underneath that roof, and. When you're a single mom and you have a sick child, and you know. Today, you have people that go and kind of stumble into the emergency room, not thinking about calling telemedicine or going into an urgent care or retail clinic, and they end up with a, you know, fifteen hundred or two thousand dollar bill from an ER for, you know, for a sick child. Uh, you know, that's a life changing event for them. And so, with us, it's a twenty five dollar copay, and we've we've created this product really based on that opportunity for employers to offer something to uh, for their employees to cover those basic health needs. Yeah. And uh, just in relation to that, and, and you know, I, I see the current health system um, and health insurance and the way that it's been operating today, you know, uh, aligning with that system as as one that that has a lot of opportunity for innovation and transformation. You know, there are a lot of folks in the underserved markets, right, that especially as you start to think about um, uh, either those that don't have health insurance, which is to your point who you're competing against, um, but for uh, minor medical issues, they those folks do tend to go to the emergency room in order to get treated. Um, and, and what you tend to see is uh, that cost is astronomical um, over an annual basis, over the sort of the, the base of individuals that, that tend to, to do that instead of visiting an, an urgent care facility, a primary care doctor, or, or even a clinic in, in order to get served, right? So, so there's a, a lot of um, cost that's associated with that that then makes its way back into uh, medical insurance um, yeah, and and the, the astronomical cost that's that's associated with that element as well. So you know when when you think about your vision for Hooray, you know one of the things that um, you mention is that you believe in a world where health insurance makes sense. Um, and, and what I explained, um, at least on the, the, the core side of health insurance, don't, uh, doesn't make sense. So if you don't mind, um, explain that to the audience and, um, you know, why the way in which you all are execu uh, executing your vision um, is an innovative way to tackle that. 
Yeah. So, you know, our really our three core principles are um, accessibility, simplicity, and affordability. Those are those are what we've really you know focused our 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 uh, our core value proposition around. And so, when you look at health health insurance today, um, it's you know very smart people have a hard time figuring it out. Um, and we have not, you know, in our space, we have not utilized technology the way that everybody else has. And so from a, from an efficiency standpoint, you know, you look at, you know, I call it predatory billing, you know, where you, you know, great example is I went in, my back was, uh, uh, my back had seized up and it was the worst pain I'd ever had. And I went in and I had a, you know, I had a major medical and I had a $6,000 deductible, which I hadn't hit. And I had a $75 copay for the urgent care. Well, I knew that I hadn't hit my deductible. So I just said, ask the lady at the front desk, you know, what's the global fee? Cause I know that this particular carrier would have a global fee. And she said, Oh, it's $150. No problem. I pay the whole amount. I don't expect a bill after that. They take an x-ray of my neck, they think they find a bone spur, and they give me two injections, an anti-inflammatory and a muscle relaxer. Well, where the predatory billing comes in is three weeks later, I receive an $800 balance bill. So when I call them and ask them, they said, you know, well, I, I know we told you it was a global fee, but there's carve-outs. Well, you know, the, the, the challenge is, um, from a simplicity standpoint, most people think about, I go in to buy milk at the grocery store, I pay $4.50, I go up to the cash register, I'm getting $4.50. I'm not getting a bill three weeks later that says, oh, by the way, that milk actually was you know, $200. But that's just how we think in healthcare and health insurance. And so what, what we've really focused on is building this uh, fixed pricing network that we've continued to expand, um, you know, with lab radiology. And so protecting the member to really give them that simplicity where, oh, yeah, if you go to our mobile app right now, you can find fixed pricing for MRIs on our mobile app. Well, imagine that, right? Why would I, you know, why, why would a normal person think anything different? Well, you know, it's because that's how we've been trained in this space. And so, you know, we're we're really focused on driving transparency, fixed pricing, protecting the member, no balance bills. Um, and that's what, you know, that's what we're striving for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this um, when you think about healthcare in general, right, this is one of the only industries where, you know, you don't know exactly what the cost of the service that you're getting is until the service is rendered. Right. Um, and um, what I hear from you just in regards to how you are flipping the the narrative on that with Hooray is you are really focused in and honed in on showing the um, the, the cost up front, what the um, out of pocket and, and what the, you know what, what the overall costs are going to be for the services that are going to be rented before anyone goes in. So to the predatory billing piece that you experience on a, a normal insurance plan, 
you're not going to get that, right, because of the way that you all have partnered and engaged with the the network that you've built um, in, and based on the service that they've provided um, and, and negotiated around those costs. So, you know, um, Shane, you know, talk to me about that. And, you know, so as, as you all were thinking about your model in regards to the insurance piece, um, was that network and, um, you know, negotiating around what those costs are going to be and the services rendered, was that a core part of the value proposition in order to maintain your ability to provide the insurance services? Yes. You know, I think that, you know, from if you look at it from a carrier standpoint, understanding, um, you know, with a fixed indemnity product, they know what they're going to pay. They don't know what their utilization is going to be, but they, they have a good idea. But from a provider standpoint, understanding um, that this is an easier process, they get their you know quick payment. They know that it's, you know, either A or B that they're getting. Um, is is really you know is really nice because the other thing that providers like and uh, is the fact that we have a mobile app that drives them to our contracted providers and so um, we're really engaged with our providers and that's that's the core value um, that we bring with with us to these underwriters is that you know we have the provider network and we have the ability to provide transparent pricing to the members because, you know, insurance carriers, they, um, they want persistency and they struggle with persistency. Cause if you go, um, to a provider and you get a balanced bill, you get upset and you don't under, you, you think that the plan's not operating the way it should. And so guess what? You drop the plan. So, um, yeah, that was definitely part of our core value. Yeah, and, and that is um, th- that's absolutely a part of um, you know personally how I would hope to see other uh, health insurance plans um, work as well, right? Especially as you want to want want them to provide transparency and visibility into what the overall cost of the service rendered is going to be. Now, you know, with that said, um, when you look at just costs of health insurance premiums in general over the past ten or so years. I think we are start. We've seen an increase overall of roughly about fifty-five percent, and and some estimates are significantly higher than that. Um, just in terms of the premiums. So you know, if you don't mind, Shane, explain to uh, the audience, you know, what's really been driving that, um, and then how you all have leveraged just innovation as a part of you standing up this um, this organization two years ago in order to change that overall narrative around the increase in in health prices. Right. Well, so, you know, with Obamacare or ACA, you know, the, the challenge is they, they fixed the profitability or limited the profit profitability of the, the large carriers. So now they take that incentive out for them to drive costs down. So the issue is over the last 10 years, you look at the contracts that um, have been going on. I mean, there's so many more carve outs now. There's there, you see a lot, it's a lot more common for these networks to have a percentage of build charges, right? Which makes no sense because they could charge you a thousand dollars for something that costs a hundred dollars and they're, they have 50% of build charges, but, but, you know, we're, we're, we're trained on this, that, um, by having that, that stamp of that network there that, oh, we're, we're protected when we're really not. So I think that, you know, that's driving up the cost. I think you look at, um, when you look at pre-X, you look at 
how the how the the market you know the market is shrinking on the insured side okay what i mean by that is you have all these self-funded you know what 60% of the market self-funded right so that's a different part of the market so when you look at this smaller market which is the insured portion you know they're um they keep continually pricing themselves out of the market so less and less people are participating so it's really the people that really need it are participating so that's a challenge that's driving the cost up but i think the other thing is that they you know when you look at the things the the high cost items that are driving you know transplant uh birth you know so you know you have twins and so they sit in the NICU for a month well those are you know million to 2 million dollar claims well the reality is they don't need to be million 2 million dollar claims right they i mean it, it, it's it's shameful that they're getting away with that um a liver transplant should not cost 2 million dollars it should not cost a million dollars um you know it's it's just really gotten out of hand with the hospitals when you look at uh you know when we had our company and we were building these surgical bundles we thought 250% of medicare was egregious for a hospital charge well now we have local hospitals that are charging 2000% of medicare and and they're sending people to collections for that and so you know i i think we're at a tipping point you know we they've they've priced themselves out of the market and they've priced a lot of people out of the market and so i think you're going to continue to see this uh this trend of uninsured continually growing um because when you know 10 years ago when you looked at participation you know you had 75 80% participation you had this good mix of families and you know member spouses in there now yeah you have 75% participation but it's very few families participating because they're completely priced out of the market yeah you know and and i think uh, i think you're right uh, when it comes to some of the procedures like a, a liver transplant or or even you know to to get a, a a broken arm fixed right you know when you look at the cost it is truly egregious and and the way in which the health insurance carriers are being billed for those costs uh, you know it it makes people feel like they need another option in order to get that taken care of so um and i'm pretty sure you're well familiar uh with this but you start to see individuals at least domestically look internationally in order to get some of their services taken care of right it, it could be you know for really serious things like a, a liver transplant or so on or it could be you know the medical tourism for non-serious medical needs uh, but but in essence you know they're they're moving from a, a domestic um, sort of um, opportunity to, to take care of those things and, and going international. Now, when that occurs, um, is there anything that you all are doing based on your plan, you know, besides the limitation in, in, in pricing in order to change that narrative as well? Because, you know, and, and, and I could be wrong here, but, you know, when, when, when I think about the quality of care, I mean, quality of care is great all across the world. You know, I lived in England myself for a little while and, um, and, and, and you know, visited so many different countries across the world. World and um, and there is a you know huge quality to, to the care that people are given, 
But still, you know, at its core, I, I do still feel that uh, domestically here in the U.S. that we still overall have a, a really solid quality, right? So, so is there anything that you all have been thinking about or are already doing as a part of your plans and uh, your capabilities to, to stem the tide on medical tourism um, and to, to continue to drive more of that um, domestically here in the U.S.? Yeah, so great question. I, I think so when you look surgically, well, whether it's surgically or anything, I, I think in the United States right now, um, there's no correlation between cost and quality. Um, you can actually go for a total knee to the worst surgeon in the worst hospital and end up based on what your um, if you're out of network in network, you know, what your what your um, uh, your uh, provider network has negotiated, you know, you could, uh, we saw variability from 120,000 all the way down to 20,000, right? A six time variation. And there's no correlation. It's just our system is broken. And so what we had done with that, we're actually bringing to what we're, we're doing today is, uh, we brought this, uh, quality algorithm to on surgeon selection. And then that way, really stemming the tide of that, those outliers, right? Those, uh, you know, the complication rate. And so what we're doing now is we're, um, we're just starting our, our bundled surgery, uh, program where we are, we're creating the surgical bundles and with our product type, which is a fixed indemnity, you know, we'll be able, we'll be able to say, you've got a gallbladder that, uh, is $6,000. Well, we pay five thousand dollars. Your out of pocket's a thousand. Now, that does that sound familiar? Especially come from the PNC side, right? I mean, that's what that's what you do when you know your roof goes right or is hammered by a hail, right? You, you know, you have a five thousand dollar deductible. You know, your roof is forty five thousand. They give you a check for forty thousand and tell you to go go figure it out. Well, today there's no opportunity to do that really. And so going overseas is really a crapshoot or going, you know, to Mexico or uh, to get your total knee or total hip done or any other elective surgery, you know, it's a crapshoot. And so why not do that in the United States? And so we're, we're, uh, um, you know, we're committed to really providing transparency and affordable quality alternatives to uh, the high deductible health plans and and so uh, that's one of the things that we're working on now that we hope to roll out, um, you know, late next year. Yeah, no, I'm, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing more of that. Now, um, as, as we look across the spectrum, across all insurance, right, whether it's a PNC, health, um, you know, life, uh, you name it, um, just, just across the, the entire insurance value chain, what we've been starting to see is a lot of technology innovation that's driving a lot of transformation in this space, right? So, you know, specifically to, um, you know, your um, organization as well as the health insurance space, where do you see the potential use for um, some, I guess, technology transformations like artificial intelligence and deep machine learning to to drive the future of, of how this space operates? So I think, um, I think there's a couple things. I think you can uh, first and foremost, uh, and we're we're actually talking with a couple uh, AI partners right now on really the front-facing uh, technology with our mobile app to where you're able to just almost self-diagnose and then walk into uh, a provider, whether it's you need to go see a provider physically 
or you can see a telemedicine provider over the phone. I think that is a great opportunity to um, kind of be able to triage yourself, if if you would, to see if it's something that you know you need to go see a physician face to face, or you know, or you can just go telemedicine and save the money. Um, I think that's there's a huge opportunity there. Um, I think the other the other place where we can use machine learning is really on the um, TPA side. When you look at claims adjudication right now, um, it is it's really uh, it's interesting to me how um, with all of the data that we have that we have not been able to come up with really um, fixed pricing models that where we've, we can create this, you know, free market, if you would. Um, you know, I, I think, I mean, I know the reason is that uh, the owner of that data does not want to get that out. But I, uh, I think that there's, there's an opportunity to where we can, um, you know, we can look at uh, from a quality standpoint, uh, being able to break down the data and showing, um, showing who's doing it the best, who's doing it the most efficiently, who has less complication, uh, less complications or fewer complications. Um, we could, you know, we can look at learning curve, right? When you get a new surgeon that comes out of practice and he's a general surgeon and how many gallbladders does it take for him to be proficient and reduce, you know, and where does it reduce his complication rate and where does that stabilize? So I see in the, you know, in the next, five to 10 years, I think that's going to be a really important space for us and where we can use technology most effectively. Yeah, and I, I would think so. You know, there's just, uh, there's so many opportunities to use technology in this space. And, um, you know, as I see new opportunities from incumbent uh, health carriers, PNC carriers, whatever it might be, as well as those that are new to this space, um, and even in the, um, you know, in, in the health servicing world, so when you think about hospitals and um, in clinics and doctor's offices and so on, um, you know, I, I find that there is a, a big opportunity to at least adopt the technology earlier on to try to, to, to test it and then make it a part of the normal practice in terms of how it's leveraged uh, to, uh, to either make health better, health care better or to make the process of distributing, deploying, or um, adjudicating and adjusting claims, um, uh, you know, as a part of the health insurance process, much more efficient as well. Um, you know, so that 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 leads me to to my question. You know, really around um, you know some of the biggest challenges to adopting new technologies in the health insurance space. You know, um, I, guess, I guess that's a question for you. you know, what, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges to adopting new technologies in the health insurance space? And, you know, I, I know there are things out there like regulation that might limit some of the adoption, but what are some of the challenges from your perspective? Uh, the incumbents, right? You know, you have, you have enormous, enormous corporations that um, – are made up of hundreds of acquisitions, and their uh, their systems don't talk to each other, and it is a huge mess for them. So I think that they are, um, you know, they're the the biggest issue. Whether they want to be or not is a whole other story. Um, but but that's I think the biggest challenge. The second challenge is really adoption. So um, I spoke at a TPA meeting last uh, last fall. And uh, I, was, I was in the meeting and there's, I don't know, maybe 100, 150 people in there. And I, I looked around and I asked, how many millennials are in this crowd? 
and literally one person raised their hand. And, and so, you know, I think that it's, it's in certain areas like the TPA space, um, there, I have, I've been surprised at the lack of, um, lack of innovation and lack of technology utilized in, in the TPA space. And I think that, um, uh, you know, that's a challenge. We're not, we don't have enough, uh, enough innovators in, you know, in key, key roles there. And, and part of the challenge with that is that the incumbents are really preventing you from, you know, making those, you know, making the investments and getting that done and integrating with them. Right. So I think that's the other challenge. And then the last challenge is really the providers. I think that, from you look at health systems to my wife's a physician, right? I, they do not want technology, whether it's in the operating room, whether it's in the, <laughs> you know, if it's a, if it's from an efficiency standpoint, right? If they have their new toys, that's a whole different, you know, thing. But when you're talking about just efficiency in the, in a, a physician's practice, right? It, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, you walk in, you, you literally are handwriting, your name 50 times, right? In different locations and checking boxes. I mean, in this day and age, why is it not completely electronic? Why is, why do you not have e-signature? Why do you, know, it's just the, the lack of efficiency it is really due to providers are still managing their world. Um, they don't, they don't bring in a, a true business leader to, um, to manage their practice. It's usually, you know, their their uncle or their cousin or their maybe even their wife that's not a you know that's not a business person and so i think you know we we still fax uh our uh, triage reports from our medical concierge to our uh provider offices you know it's just insane <laughs> yeah no that's that's that, that's crazy and and just just to go back to your example around um in, in your second one with the tpa millennials and you know when you when you raise your hand and, and only one goes up right and that what that shows to me is there's a a lack of um of of understanding from you know the the, the segment itself that hey we are going to need to start to bring in fresh talent into this space because you know it, it's it's really what's been playing out across the entire insurance value chain but you know millennials are now used to doing things in a certain way um, uh, from the perspective of leveraging technology to do those things right um, and and when you don't bring people into organizations that are doing those types of things day in and day out um, it becomes much harder to adopt those practices and adopt those technologies because Others may not be as well um, intimately uh, familiar with the use of those technologies, you know. So I I, I use um, uh, an example in the P insurance uh, the PNC insurance space uh, insurance space all the time, where you know there's companies out there that's using um, you know uh, it, mobile applications or providing such significant ease to accessing let's say, um, uh, apartment and rental insurance uh, that a millennial or someone can go online and, and get it in a, a few minutes, right, as long as it's low complexity. But if that's their first experience with insurance, then all of a sudden when they, when they become that business owner in the future and then they're faced with an incumbent carrier who's only been doing things traditionally, and, and that's holistically how incumbents are, are operating, 
it's going to really be a culture shock to them, right? So I, I, I always talk about it from the perspective of making sure that we bring in people from all across, you know, different um, demographics into different roles and um, different functions within the industry all across the value chain in order to change that, that narrative holistically. Now, you know, when, when we think about um, your organization, you know, what do you see as the future for Hooray Health? Well, I see the opportunity for us to uh, really take over uh, that part-time contingent workforce for a bunch of different large verticals. I think that because of the, the breadth of our network, we're really, uh, really the, the best option uh, to, for that, that particular, uh, that particular uh, vertical. And so when you look at two, three years from now, fully integrated on our mobile app, all of our services, um, you know, we having the platform, different layers of, of insurance to where, to where you have somebody that's making 12 to $20 an hour that is completely priced out of a regular health insurance, uh, major medical can buy different layers of insurance with us, whether it's basic care, surgical care, or maybe even, you know, large accident policies, $100,000 plus that um, will protect them and their family and they'll be able to afford it. And I think that uh, for us, I see us as the, um, uh, the group that's really changing the way you communicate, you train, and you uh, uh, really integrate with your, uh, with your members to where you're really a true partner, you know, sending reminders on, hey, don't forget your kid's immunization, and here's how you use the plan, you know, just stuff like that. That's, how, that's where I see us, and that's our goal for us is to really be, uh, really be more of a health insurance partner as opposed to just, you know, somebody that you look at their card, you know, whenever you're sick, if you get sick that year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that's a, that's a great place to think about the future, right? You know, fully vertically integrated in the space between the the uh, or as a partner with the health insurance carriers um, uh, as or the healthcare providers um, in a way that uh, creates the partnerships and engagement um, in, in that ecosystem environment between your organization and the different organizations that's that's participating in it. So you know, I, I really uh, gotta say, Shane, you know, I love what you all are doing, um, and, and I also want to say I love the fact that you all are serving. Um, uh, you know, a, a demographic that um, really finds it challenging in the world of health insurance today to show them that, you know, what they can get um, and, and how they can get it and, and really the, the, the full transparency around getting covered um, uh, in order for them to, to, to be able to better plan for their, their health services and, and the health needs. And, and I think um, as organizations like yours become more ubiquitous, I think that's going to really drive um, down the cost of health and drive up the, um, the, the, the value as to what organizations like yours and health um, service providers um, actually provide to, to the customers, meaning that in the end, it should lead to better health. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what you all have been doing now. Um, you know, with that said, um, one of the questions that 
I always ask, uh, you know, uh, guests on the podcast because I, I like to make this tangible for um, those guests. You know, you know, you've done a, such a phenomenal job um, really creating a vision and executing on it on this vision um, with your company. So uh, if you could give advice to a listener that would like to do the same within their own companies, you know, what advice would you give them to really change the status quo um, within their organizations? Be fearless. I, I think where um, where a lot of people struggle is I talked to 20 people about my idea and I had 20 people that told me I was out of my mind. And when you, you know, if you think that you've figured something out, really go after it and really try to vet it out. But um, the, I heard a really good uh, talk and I met the one of the founders of Waze and um, and he said something that was pretty profound. And he said, love the problem, not the solution. And so, you know, if you find a problem that needs to be addressed, um, and there's so many of them in health insurance, identify it, try to figure out your solution, and just be relentless and be fearless. And don't be afraid when people tell you, oh, that's not going to work. Um, I think that the 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 one thing that I've done really well in my life is fail, because um, when I failed, I learned, and I, I you know trust me, I, I failed a lot. But I think that when you're you know when when you have the opportunity to do something, just do it. Don't don't look for approval. Do it. Figure it out and be you know have the courage. And if you uh, you know, any of your listeners, if you guys are out there, you have an idea and you want to run stuff by me, I think that's my other job. I have people call all the time and just say, hey, I want to run something by you. I love it. I'll give you the true and honest answer. And uh, and but I'm you know, I will warn you, I'm pretty positive. So, you know, you may be going after it. But um, but I think that find, you know, learn as much as you can about the problem you know, vet out your solution and be honest with yourself. Is this a viable solution? And uh, and then go for it. Great. Well, hey, Shane, you know, um, I, I do want to say thank you. This was a really great uh, discussion around, um, hooray, you know, your thoughts around the health insurance space and healthcare in general. You know, if, if others did want to uh, continue the conversation with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, they can call 866-7-HOORAY. And uh, ask for me, Shane Foss, uh, or you can go to hoorayhealthcare.com. And uh, if you're an agent or a, you know, a broker, want to learn more about it, you can go to the website and, and there's uh, just go under agents. But I'd uh, love to hear from everybody. Uh, we, uh, anybody that we can help in this space, we are, uh, we're very collaborative. Uh, we, we need more innovators in this space. So I really appreciate what you're doing and getting, getting us and our name out there and other innovators. What you're doing is great, and we really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, Shane, thank you. I, I do appreciate that as well. And, um, you know, uh, the, the more that we can shed light on um, opportunities like this and on uh, innovative innovations like this, I think the better. So, you know, once again, I do uh, appreciate what you all are doing as well. And um, I'm looking forward to following the successes that you all are going to gain and, and have already gained. All right. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast. Now, as you know, we're hitting up against that 100th episode. That's going to be a live recorded episode at the Accord Connect Conference. 
So tune in. Um, what you'll get an opportunity to hear from are those innovators across the value chain that are hoping to transform this space. So forth this to your colleagues and friends, and we truly appreciate it. So thanks again, and we'll see you next week.